Well, I was going to start off this episode, but I think Matt actually has the proper introduction. And welcome back to Restless. My name is Matt Sparazza with Diane and Father Joseph, and I am a 1940s radio host. <laughs> I was, I was, I asked not to do that, and Father Joseph kindly declined. That's correct. That's correct. Because we're, our hope is for this episode that Matt will give all of his responses to the questions in a different voice. No. He, has, he was doing, he was trying to imitate me doing a Southern accent earlier, but I don't do good Southern accents. No, so. no. And uh, nor do I when I'm on the air. <laughs> that, that is also true. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> anyway, I'm Father Joseph, as you heard, along with Diane and Matt, as we restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's mixed up world, because we're mixed up as well. And our topic today is one that I love because I think a lot of Catholics don't understand it. It's the topic of spiritual progress, because a lot of us go to pray, we go to pray every day, and we never really even take the time to think, where, like, are we making any progress in our spiritual life? Because maybe we're praying the same way we prayed 20 years ago. Maybe we're doing the exact same prayers. Maybe it's just become a habit or routine, and we don't know if we see any fruit. And what does that fruit even look like in our prayer life, in our active life? What does it look like to make progress in the spiritual life? So I think that's the question to start off with is, what's the goal? What's the progress? How, how do we measure that we're making any progress in our spiritual life? Sorry, that was a sigh. I didn't mean to let that sigh out directly into the mic. <laughs> um, Sorry, you have to edit it so you can, yeah, you can true. remove it. Yeah, I can remove it. Um, and that's why you didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> you better not remove that intro. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, yeah. No, uh, I think that one of the, I'm pretty sure I'm getting this from St. Francis de Sales. I think. I don't know. Which makes it way less credible. I've got the Google. So. But yeah, yeah. He talks about at one point, it was very funny actually, because I was talking to my therapist <laughs> and I was like, and he was a Catholic therapist. And I was like, I read this thing about how you should want suffering. And at the time, I mean, this is like several years ago. He was like, he was like, Matt, you are not there. He was like, he was like, you're a spiritual baby. You need to calm down. Wow. And I was like, and it, like, it was, no, but it rocked me because I was like, you're so right. You're so right. Because I was being very scrupulous about things. Mm. And, and it was because I was thinking like, I should want this. I should want this, basically this pain, you know? Um, and what what was his reason for that? Did he explain why? It was so I was suffering from OCD at the time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess it's like a perpetual thing. Like you're, it's a gen genetic thing. Yeah. So like you have an, an inclination towards it. Um, but it had gotten out of control. I, I'm honestly, it had gotten out of control. This is like a way big tangent that I'll shorten to. It is one of the reasons I left the church. And when I came back to the church, it kicked into the highest gear on the face of the planet. It was like I got rocked by this, this because I mean scrupulosity is a yeah. is a kind of OCD, um, and so it was it was it was kicking my butt, and I was thinking like I should want this, and he was like no 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 you need to you need to set this right, and then you you build from here. There's there's such a thing as spiritual growth, you know. Yeah. Um, there's some suffering we should want and some suffering we shouldn't. Right. Right. OCD is not a suffering we should want. Right. For the most part. Right. Right. Um. I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, so so spiritual progress. Yeah, yeah. So, so that I, I guess what so I mean is, is like that was a sign of like at the very beginning of my interest in the faith as an adult, you know, mm -hmm. I was introduced to the concept of spiritual progress in that you could be a beginner. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like I think I I think I was probably very prideful and like yeah like, I got this. <laughs> I'm a Catholic. You know. I pray and that's yeah, it. yeah yeah and it was like no 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 man like you know step by step here you know there's we're as yeah, I don't know Thomas Aquinas would be like we're gradual beings angels are instantaneous whatever. Um, uh, very true very true. But but you know what I mean like yeah. So I was introduced to spiritual progress because I was <laughs> knocked down to the bottom rung. <laughs> but that's a good way to But know. it was a great yeah, thing. It was I'm so grateful. Honestly that like, happened. If I was already at the end of spiritual progress I'd be like, "Well, what now?" Oh yeah. You know, and I'm like, "No, okay, I'm not." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I, is really why we need a whole lifetime. <laughs> I think that God true. gives us a whole mm-hmm. lifetime to, you know. Right. And I would, uh, Yes. I was, I was, when I was when I was younger, I was convinced I was going to die at 24, because okay. so many of the great saints died at 24. Saint Teresa of Lisieux, Blessed right. Pierre Giorgio Frassati, and I'm like, if I'm not perfect by 24, I'm never going to get there. Right. And then I turn 25. Right. And I'm like, I'm clearly not perfect. God has a different right. plan. Right. <laughs> and that's when you found out. And then I was like 33, but then that passed too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 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 So, how would you define spiritual progress, Diane? Well, I mean, I guess. And I think this is uh, St. Teresa of Avila with the seven mansions. I think mm. the first mm-hmm. three, which I, I mean, I did start reading that, but I, I kind of stopped after, I think, three mansions. Um, <laughs> but those were focused on, I believe, what she called the purgative state or mm-hmm. so- something to that effect. Um, and it's, so, I think it's purgative life. Purgative life. Right? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, St. John on the Cross would call it the purgative way. But yeah, it's kind oh, of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so, like, um, I think a realization of the ways, uh, you know, I think we become aware once we start to pray of our own weaknesses and failings. And so rooting out those, you know, sins, so venial sins, but obviously mortal sins as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and turning, you know, kind of identifying like what are our particular vices? Cause I think everyone sort of based on your psychology, mm-hmm. your personality, all that stuff has particular things and, 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 it's oh, important yeah. not to be prideful, you know, to look at someone else. And, and this is what, you know, part of my journey, too, of, like, condemning other people for, for their – because we all have our our thorn in our side, right, a, a vice mm. that is, um, you know, particularly apparent. So you can't really for – for those who st- struggle with, for example, lust, you know, to um, – that might not be something that you have a problem with, but, it, you know, maybe it's pride, whatever. Right. Um, so it's, like, kind of identifying that, being self-aware, and then – working to, you know, purify yourself, which is typically done through looking at the contrary virtue. Um, so pride would be humility, mm-hmm. lust, would, you know, would be chastity. Um, and then I think also, like, just in my own experience, how I gauge it is sort of, okay, well, I'm going to adoration, I'm going to mass, I'm praying, um, but how am I reacting then? How am I taking sort of what I'm, you know, reading through scripture and, uh, you know, hearing and adoration and applying that to like the particulars of my everyday life? Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest uh, eye-opening experiences for me have been those times when I'm really struggling with something or God gives me some sort of suffering or a cross because my reaction is very telling to me about like where I am spiritually. Mm. Um, you know, and, and not to say that like emotions are different from, you know, your spiritual life and, and you can be sad about things or whatever, but it's like it, what it's come down to for me and what I think honestly the spiritual life is all about is like surrender 
and trusting God and Mm -hmm. not trying to be the Lord of my own life and control things. And so those are like huge themes for me that I think are just very um, pertinent to to everyone's spiritual life and progress. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, well, if something doesn't go my way, am I going to trust that there's this all-powerful, all-knowing God, all-loving God who, who knows me better than I know myself and is, you know, probably trying to purify me or working some sort of good out of this Mm -hmm. or am I going to put up a fight and cause myself all this tension and anxiety because I you know things are not going according to my plan and you know my vision for my life so um I I have seen in terms of like my reaction to those things that is kind of telling me like how how am I really like do I really believe this or is it just like head knowledge you know like when it starts to become heart knowledge and how you're reacting to to, yeah. to things and you could you know you can look at certain events that like happen now and and to realize that like okay three years ago I would have reacted totally differently right um yeah you know so and not to say that you're like perfect all the time because I'm you know I, I think it's it's you know one step forward two steps back but um yeah to have sort of that awareness because it is really important like you said father joseph to like you don't want to just not think about your progress at the same time you don't want to overthink it because i don't think you can ever really know where you are right right and and ultimately it's a relationship with god not you know not solely just a journey right so you're not thinking like i just got to achieve this next step and i also think it can be it can be seen in you said it's relationship with god right but i also think Okay, I was going to say it's a relationship with other people as well, but I think ultimately, oh, well, but I think the ultimate l- relationship is with God. I think I think that is correct. I was going to I was going to try and like, you know, amend it. But, but I think but I don't. I, I think don't you're know. right because the, the really the pinnacle of the spiritual life is charity. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when we love as God loves. Right. When we love Him perfectly. When we love our neighbor perfectly. Which I mean, on this earth, we won't right. get to that perfection. But you know, the more we become like God. I can so so an example is and this is very recent this this past week and ironically has to do with the suffering idea that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode um this past week I found myself desiring suffering not not in a not in the wrong way right but maybe in like you know I really want to take on an extra fast because there is someone that I really really care about who does not belong to the faith mm and so I was like, I, I, I mean, I'm perhaps foolishly said, bring it on, <laughs> which is probably the wrong thing to say. Um, but, but you know what I mean? It was like, I found that I, d- for the first time, really, I think I was like, I don't know if I was longing for it, mm. you know? And I, th- and I do think, cause I think that, uh, I think all the time, that's why I keep saying, I think <laughs> no, but sometimes I don't, there are, there are wrong sufferings, right? So one of the I believe one of the um, ways the devil tries to twist me out of desiring suffering is he'll propose something atrocious, like so terrible that, for example, like what if Renee passed away? Oh, you know, I mean, and that's like obviously really extreme, you know? Yeah. Um, And would be an unbelievable amount of suffering for me. Sure. You know? And so now I'm like, I don't want that, <laughs> you know, like I, and instead of that, can I just live for the next 70 plus years and have lots of kids and grandkids, you know? But it's like, I think, so I think that the devil can even try and twist the desire for suffering in that bad way, like you were saying. Well, that goes exactly to Diane's point that, you know, that one way in which we know we're growing in spiritual life is to have that surrender. Right. You know, and, and yeah, it would be really tough to surrender your, your fiance. 
right. to God, you know. And I, 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 usually I what I God do— God does not ask that of you, but— Right. When that, when that thought does pop in my head, I end up having to say, Lord, I trust you, because I can't even approach that thought. Yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if it's like I'm— I, Like, I surrender my life with Renee to you because that's, like, the only way I'm getting out of this thought alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's the other thing too. I think in your speech, you can overthink things, and uh, yeah, you know, Me? the guy who just told you he had OCD. Yeah, yeah. nah, nah. Because <laughs> one of the biggest themes of the Bible too is, you know, do not be anxious, do not worry. Right. So I, know, yeah. be not I, I don't think he wants us like contemplating all of these what if situations. Right. One of my good friends, Noel, actually, you know her, um, Father Joseph. But I was, I was having a conversation with her about something and you know I was saying well what if this happens what if that happens all the what ifs in the negative sense Mm -hmm. and she was like no well what what if this ends up being like the greatest thing that's happened to you like you you know to like to to almost to identify and to stop yourself when you know that the devil is kind of like uh you know trying to tempt you in that respect to just turn it turn him off completely and you know think the opposite thought of like what if what if this is the greatest gift that god has has wanted to give you right um and i think that's just that's that's how like i think our lord wants us to approach him in prayer in all of these situations right because surrender doesn't have to be oppressive Mm -hmm. and i think we have to understand that the heart of god is good you know, that, yes. that God doesn't oh, want yeah. you to suffer just for the sake of suffering, right? No, He's no, not no. like, oh, let's see how I can make Matt suffer. I'll take Renee. You know? uh, like, no, uh, that would be, I mean, God wouldn't right. want to just do that willy-nilly only if that was really truly for your good and her good. Yeah. And the good of everyone, you know, everyone else around. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, of course, that'd be very hard to see in the moment. No, whatever no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You get cancer or whatever. Right, yeah. But yeah, placing those thoughts for me. No, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's like. God's heart is good. It's just yeah, yeah. He he wa- he de- he wants he delights in his children being happy. And sometimes we, ha- we don't which believe, is don't awesome. Believe that you know, which is so. Awesome. That was the responsorial psalm today, and it really struck me. It's like the Lord delights in His people. Like what, what? Like God's not like sitting there like judging us and angry at us. He's yeah. like delighting. He's like happy. Yeah, yeah. That we're happy. But you know what? This brings up another really great point. Is that I think that a lot of us are not like we even Catholics, right? Have this false idea of who God is, and that's why it's so important. Like I'm doing Bible in a year this year of um, you know having uh, you know looking into Scripture and and understanding like who who is God and asking Him to reveal that in, in prayer. Like God, who are you and who am I? Because I think a lot of the struggles in the spiritual life are from this false all, all these false ideas that we have of who God is you know like with your example of suffering that's he doesn't I think a lot of people think that he desires he doesn't desire suffering like suffering in and of itself is not good um you know he, he may to your point permit it but um I think you know that is key to the spiritual life of being steeped in scripture and like what does the church actually teach and who is this God because it's so I think he's so in in many mysterious and incomprehensible but uh it's it's so easy at least in my experience to um to just generate like these ideas of what he's thinking about me and and that's not grounded in truth yeah a lot of times you know sure and it's sometimes it's not to our fault we're trying to understand and and do our best but they can be really wrong and that can be very dangerous so to throw a whole wrench into this whole idea of, of you know, God desiring our happiness, because one of the things that John of the Cross really points out in the dark night of the soul, which mm-hmm. of course is that we are going to face a dark night of the soul, right. which 
is a necessary purification to purge us and to get us into the next stage. Have you ever faced something in your life that you might consider like, like that was a dark night of the soul or, or you're kind of like, not yet? I mean, I think just through certain struggles, right, of my basically plans for how I saw my life going, mm. um, if, in my own experience, that was really purifying because I realized through all of that that I was like almost treating God like a vending machine, you know, and I, I didn't, it revealed to myself that I wasn't loving him for like who he is. It was, it was kind of circumstantial of like, well, are you going to give me this? Are you going to, you know, all the things that he could do for me as opposed to like loving him just for himself. And so that's been really good of like, that's why I think suffering is, is a blessing. Like as crazy as it sounds, doesn't feel like it in the moment, but it really has been for me of, um, just the purification and detachment that comes from that. Realizing that like, we can't put our hope in people, in things, in career, like all of those things go by the wayside as good as they can be. Like, it's so easy to, 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 basically have a disordered attachment to them they become so so easily disordered you know and so we have to constantly whether it's marriage or career or whatever like be prayerful and about putting those things in check um that's so yeah it's been in terms of like the dark night like i can't deny that that's been painful but it's necessary you know to to realize um sort of my attachments to things that are not God. That's one thing I struggle with a lot personally, and I think that's one reason why I'm, why I'm not as spiritually advanced as I should be. Mm-hmm. Is is not you know not falling into you know serious sin, but just being too attached to the things of this earth. Because if mm-hmm. God takes them away, I'd be unhappy. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be able to surrender them, and that's the hard thing to to, to love but not to cling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, grasping. Yeah, you know? yeah, and for me, it's for me, it's a lot of you know it's like friendships or like. I mean, I've had to move parishes five times in my priesthood, and every time it's really hard because you get really attached to the place and the people and the, you know, the affirmation you get from the people. And but doesn't uh, the Lord calls us to communion? So being attached to friendships isn't that a good thing? That's what I wrestle with because it is a good thing, and that's one of the few good things on this earth that's going to continue into heaven. Right. That's what I mean. Like when we get to heaven, hopefully, right? It's not like I won't. I mean, uh, what could be better than hanging out with the two of you in heaven? No, that's true. But you know what I mean? Like, I say that obviously, you know. But like an ordered friendship, you know? Yeah. Like, I think things can easily become where your, you know, wife or your friend is like, I need this person. Right. You know, and and you make them essentially into a god, which is... Right. That's the thing, too. Like, I always thought... Bible in a year, you know, golden calf. I was like, these people are so stupid. Why would they, why are they worshiping this golden calf? You know, like it's so obviously not God. Um, But then like as you progress in your spiritual life and you become self-aware of all of these, like your own failings, it's it's like idolization is so easy to fall into and it's everywhere. Anything and everything. Yeah. 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 And that's that's precisely it. Yeah, like we are going to have great relationships in God. And especially as a priest though, 
my primary relationship has to be God. And so if God says, mm. you need to leave here because I need to use you in this other field of the gospel, and I'm like, no, but I like it here. You know, God, God's right. like, nope, that's that's not a good thing. And so it's so hard right. when you struggle at first, right? Because especially as a priest, I'm sure moving parishes, you know, you have the people. I know when we lost you, everyone, we were just up in arms like, why are you, ta- God, why are you taking Father Joseph away from And us? I felt the same way because you know? I loved, you know, being at St. John's. It was, yeah. it was such a gift, gift to right. me personally. And, yeah. Right. And sometimes, but sometimes in the spiritual life too, like you don't even see, and we may never see until the other, you know, like the end of time um, when yeah. everything is revealed to us of like why God had to do these things. Like we may never have answers for those questions that right. we have. And then it really, then that just comes down to radical trust, you know, yeah. like when you don't see in the moment, like. But I think that's one gift of, as we get older, we can look back and see more of where God has moved in our life. You know, the worst parish yeah. I ever got sent to, I won't mention where it is, but there's, you know, I've heard a lot of priests say, oh, I've, I've enjoyed every assignment. I cannot say that. I've not enjoyed this one particular assignment that was immensely difficult for me. But now looking back, because it's been about seven years since I've been there, um, so now you can kind of count back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out, figure this out in my head. But um, the beautiful thing is, I actually don't know where you were. So. Now I can. Yeah. Now I can look at three absolutely phenomenally amazing things that I never could have done if it wasn't there. If, if three or four. Uh, one was I got connected with um, this cool school called Regina Pachis, mm. which is how I got connected with Cardinal Kung Academy, where right. I teach now. And I would never have done that because if I did not get sent to that parish. Right. Another one was um, one of my best friends, Liz Sweeney, um, got converted to Catholicism because I was at that parish. Right. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was she wild. was telling me about that the other day. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's. It, when I look back, I was like, you know, that she is now doing so much good for oh. Christ. Oh my so gosh. So much yeah. good for Christ in the Catholic Church, and she was doing great good for Christ in the Protestant Church prior. But yeah, now, you know, God was really moving, and and a couple other relationships that I had that are, you know, I can see now, like, okay, wow, like that that person got closer to Christ because I was there, and or something like that. And things that had blessed my own life, I, I got the chance to help with an exorcism. That right. that would never have happened if I was not at that parish. Right. So, like, the experiences I had, the formation that I had personally was so hard and so good. Yeah. The suffering. And that's how God does it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love, I have, I'm very fond of Carmelite spirituality. Okay. Uh, because really? St. John of the Cross, his kind of, the big spirituality of him was just like nada, which in Spanish means nothing. Yeah, like like his spirituality is, all I need to do is strip away everything that's not God, right? Which is hard, it's painful, but it's like that whole de- the spirituality yeah, detachment. Like that's hard. Like what what do I love that's not God, in an unhealthy way? Wow, that's so interesting. But that's our ultimate freedom because we're slaves to everything that we're attached to, right? So ultimately, the detachment, the purification, is painful. Yeah, but it's ultimately. Just like the commandments, they're not just these rules. They're they're immense so that we can live truly human lives as free. Because otherwise we're slaves to our emotions, to our desires, to our, you know, idols. And so, um, I mean, ultimately, that's the way to heaven. Yeah. It's so interesting, though. I mean, I'm trying to think of any other order's spirituality that isn't that, right? It's not nada, Right. But at its core, isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like aesthetically, they're obviously different. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a different kind of spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> but like, at their core, are they all that? I think it's just a matter of emphasis. Yeah. You know, the Franciscans see God in everything. Right. 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 And that's what I mean. I don't know how to say everything in Spanish. But <laughs> todos. Todos. Right. Todos. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's them. It's the it. It seems you know on the surface the polar opposite. 
it seems like the polar opposite. Sure. But at its core, is it exactly the same? Yeah. I think it, I definitely do. This is something that is, it permeates Christianity or uh, in, in orthodoxy, Chesterton talks about how, uh, polar opposites make their way in this faith in particular all the time. For example, the the church upholds celibacy for religious, but then proclaims that you should be totally and radically open to life and marriage. Yeah. You know, or like faith the and works. right faith and works and mercy and justice. And you know what I mean? And it just is like so deep in our faith. We're always a both and yeah. faith. Yeah. yeah. That's what we love about it. Yeah. Truly, truly. So, you know, if you if you were kind of encountering somebody who was trying to make the spiritual journey and wanted to make progress, what would what advice would you give them to make progress in the spiritual journey? Then maybe they really want to just have that deeper relationship, take that next step. I mean, I would say the first thing where you have to start is you just got to do it, basically, you know, <laughs> yeah. so you be holy, just do it. No, but you, you, you know what I mean? In terms of yeah. like prayer, um, you know, you got to just like you put things in your phone for work meetings and your kids soccer games and all that stuff. I mean, we're talking about God versus everything of the earth that's going to pass away and not matter when you're on your deathbed. So you have to. Uh, stop being a wussy and make the time, you know? Um, no, you really do. I'm so tired of hearing people be like, oh, well, you know, I was just like too tired or whatever. Um, we all have our moments, right? When we're not perfect and we don't live up to sort of the plan that we have, but like, you just gotta, I think you were saying before in terms of dryness and prayer, right? Are you going to stop? You can't just stop praying because you, don't feel like these spiritual consolations. You know, you got to, whatever you set aside, whether it's, uh, you know, you start with five minutes of, of meditation with Jesus and then you work it up, um, you, you you just have to stick to it when you don't. And, and the telling thing is like doing it when you don't feel like, you know, like you desire to do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it depends on who the person is, I mm. think. My, uh, my stereotypical answer would be like, I would tell them to pray the rosary and not in like a, not in like a surface level way. I would actually be like, no, you should pray the rosary and you should be intentional with it. And you should really focus on the mysteries and, and very importantly, ask for Mary's intercession, like ask Mary to pray for you, ask Mary to pray for you. Um, but I also know that, and this is something that I mean, we all, I'm assuming we all know a lot of people who don't belong to the faith. It is the narrow way, right? So I'm assuming <laughs> that we all know people on the broad road. But the biggest lesson that I have learned is the necessity of praying for them. Mm. Knowing that, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel I, this, this might be, this might tie into our last episode where I look at my success rate of conversion and it's like, I don't know, man. I think I'm batting like, you know, 0. 0.005, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Like, and, and it has the Lord, you know, praise him because he has, he has really made his way in showing me like, dude, you're not, you're never going to do your success rate is 0. 0.000. You know what I mean? You never accomplish this. Yeah, it's Jesus You've never Christ. once done this mm-hmm. and you never will. Grace. Mm-hmm. Accept it. Yeah. You bat zero. You're not in the hall of fame. Sorry, I'm not even a huge baseball fan. Um, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. so it's 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 become a big thing in my life where I'm like, I'm like, what is the only thing I can do? I can ask. <laughs> I can pray. Yeah. I can Amen. pray and ask that the Lord anticipate them with their with his grace so that they they will know him. 
and you can pray and ask for the graces you need, mm-hmm. you know, because because yeah. we, we all look at our life and we're like, I'm missing this virtue and that virtue and this grace and that grace. Yeah. Sometimes all we can do is just ask because we can't have it immediately. Yeah. yeah. And I think just going off of that, so, you know, keeping in mind that this is Jesus who's doing all of the work, we need to... Um, we need to get to the sacraments as frequently as possible. So for most of us who have been baptized and confirmed, um, that means receiving the Eucharist worthily um, and, and making regular, you know, uh, confession a regular part of our lives. Because if we're separated by mortal sin from God, you know, like we need to restore that union and relationship first. But then also the Eucharist is Jesus Christ himself. I mean, sacramentally coming to us substantially in that sacrament. Um, and, you know, Jesus is the one who does all the work. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of times we're like, how am I going to do this? Let me put together a game plan and write this all out, you know, strategy. And it's really, it's really at the end of the day, like, I think the spiritual life is letting God do all the work in us. We just have mm. to surrender ourselves and we get rid of the obstacles. It. Yeah. yeah. It's counterintuitive. Cause I mean, you do have to put in the effort in terms of like getting to mass, going to confession, doing, being in prayer, praying for people, mm-hmm. but it's, once you're there, it's it's allowing God to like you know loosen the reins, stop grasping, and let Him do the work. Yeah, yeah. The the only thing I would add that that you know in my own spiritual life has, has become more and more evident, really, especially since COVID, is you know seeking to choose the perfect option. Because I think a lot of times in our spiritual life we're like, well, it's not a sin, so I can do it. But is that the most perfect option? You know, if you know, yeah, you walk past the break room and there is that that donut sitting there calling your name and. You're like, well, you know, I could offer that up as a sacrifice or I could right. just eat it. And it's not a sin to eat it, right? Yeah. Right. But it's kind of like it's getting out of the, the habit of minimalism of saying, like, I'm just gonna just gonna avoid sin and that's good enough. No, right. it's really like I should choose the more perfect option if we can. I was talking to a couple of the students uh today and they asked me if cursing was a sin. And then they said they were like, Father Joseph said that it's not. And and I mean honestly, my understanding is that the 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 truth is that it isn't. Right. Um, but I said to them, I was like, is it the height of Christian virtue? Exactly. And then then they heard me say that, and they were like, great, so can we tell you this joke <laughs> that's got <laughs> profanity in it? And I was like, no, I think you missed what I said. Uh, I said, but that's what I'm aiming for. Um, I'm, I'm aiming for that height. And I, I, I know I wasn't always there, I mean, I, and I'm often not. You know what I mean? Right. This just happened to be something that happened today, and so I thought of it. But you have the aim. Um, mm-hmm. But that idea, and and I sp- I was able to actually say to one of the students of like, well, what's the goal? Is the goal to not go to hell, or is it to go to heaven? Yeah, amen. You know, amen. and he was like, go to heaven. And and that should that should I mean like all the TV shows we watch and the music we listen to. That's the ultimate question. It's not whether it's a sin or not, but is it making us more virtuous, more like right. Christ? And by making those small choices. Now there are times when things like eating a donut is actually the more virtuous option when you're celebrating with friends or something like that. Like that's wow. There can be that's great. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, just, you know, have no fun and do nothing good. It's just right. you have to find, you know, rightly order right. your actions. Yeah. Right. But you have a great point. I mean, Jesus didn't come just to save us from our sins. He came to divinize us and to bring him into union with himself. So um, it's it's going a step further, I guess, you know, and not, not stopping at just, you know, cutting out sin and avoiding vice. It's like right. you really got to, you know, work for union with him. Union with him. Yeah. To, to live like another Christ. That really, I think, is the definition of holiness from that Matt Maher song. Holiness is Christ in me. That's it. Matt, you going to sing for us? I actually don't know that one. Oh. 
I know. We played it at the No, rest we did. Yes, we did. That was one of the ones we played. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm Lord, I need I'm you. honest. Yes, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of the lines from that. I do love that song. <laughs> and I'm not going to sing. And he knows but you can look me up on Spotify. Knows it no, okay. You can look him up on Spotify. That is true. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. Spotify. Better music coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till your next album drops. It's going to be fire. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining on this, the, us on this episode of Restless. Continue to make spiritual progress because we're not supposed to be babies in the spiritual life, but to become mature in Christ, which means to rid ourselves of the unhealthy attachments to this world, to seek after the most perfect option, and to ultimately surrender our will to his will. And you know, when we have all those virtues, especially overflowing in the virtue of charity, then we will be like God, and that is the goal. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and also 103.5 FM. Tune in next time and find us wherever you get your podcasts. God bless you.